You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who's the Ladies and gentlemen, I can't be stopped, but I must be stopped. I told you when this whole AI thing took off that it wasn't going to end. And now I found the music, and I can just make whatever songs I want, whenever I want. So, you're going to have to deal with that now. This is the uh, first ever bonus episode, by the way. Thank you to Nate, not only for um, making it happen today, but for just flat out giving me the idea for it, period. I figured the perfect name for the podcast would be Extra Cheese. Cheese Packers, Extra Cheese, Extra Episode. Also, cheese is synonymous for money. Extra money, extra episode, extra cheese. It fits. You could say extra cheddar. It just doesn't flow as well as extra cheese. I know cheese is kind of boring. Every podcast and everything to do with the Packers is cheese. Cheddar would be better. It just doesn't sound as good. But nothing's concrete. I might change my mind tomorrow. I was impressed by the song, though, a little bit, man. I mean, not necessarily the sound of it (laughs) so much, but the chorus is pour on the extra cheese. It's the bonus episode. For all you fans who donate, we love you more than cheese curds, you know. Love my robots. And that's what you people don't understand. Like, oh, Terminator, they're going to kill us all. No, they're going to kill you, okay? I'm being super cool to them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you guys are right, whatever you say. (laughs) Maybe pick a winner in your life. Just saying. All right, so today's bonus episode brought to you by Nate. He would like me to look at a couple different draft crushes. I do not know how to say their names. Could look it up. Could find out. Don't want to. Xavier Leggett, Johnny Wilson, Brendan Rice, all three of those are wide receivers. And then uh, Kiran Adeniji, something like that, is an offensive tackle. If I happen to come across the pronunciation, I will, uh, I'll jump on it. But here's what I decided to do. By the way, before we get super into it, if you'd like to have your own bonus episode with your own topics of whatever it is you want to do, just reach out to me either on uh, you know, Twitter, email me, thepackdaddy86 at gmail. You can try texting the Packernet number, 608-501-0718. Try one of those, and uh, we'll figure something out. But what I decided to do, since there's no time limit, there's no ads, I'm not going to do ads on this because, I mean, it's already sponsored by Nate. I just came up with a couple different things that I wanted to do to go over these two guys. Number one is I'm going to watch them and give my own thoughts for whatever that's worth. And then number two is something I forgot about that I did last year that I really, really actually like. And that is, once again, putting AI to good use. 
rather than combing through 60 billion different um, draft profiles, I give them all to a robot, have it read all of them, and then create a comprehensive draft profile. So I'm going to read you that. We're going to go over PFF, and then I'll give you my thoughts. We'll move on to the next player. If I remember to, I will put this over on the Substack. I don't use it very often, but when I remember to do it, I will. So I'll throw this on the Substack, and uh, I'll put it on Patreon too. It, it's not as pretty on Patreon, but who cares? So Xavier Leggett, South Carolina Gamecock, Gamecocks wide receiver, emerged as a significant weapon in 2023 season. His impressive physical attributes combined with his explosive performance have placed him firmly on the draft circuit radar. The fifth-year senior, he has evolved into Spencer Rattler's primary target showcasing has his potential for the NFL. Leggett's standout attributes include his height, weight, and speed, making him a formidable presence on the field. Uh, his late bloomer status, highlighted by a significant jump in production in his fifth year, raises some questions, but also indicates a high ceiling for development. We'll get into the PFF grades, but it's pretty shocking and scary, but as he said, also potentially a good thing, I suppose. Uh, Leggett's natural ability as a route runner and his potential in the slot position make him a versatile weapon. His large catch radius and strong hands are notable alongside his ability to make contested catches and work effectively on vertical routes. However, his past struggles with drops and the need for more refined route running skills are areas for improvement. So his height and weight, 6'3", 227, 71 receptions, 1,255 yards, 7 touchdowns. One of the things I asked it to do, which I'll have to refine as I go through, I tweak it try to make it better every time. But I tried to make it so that if there's any conflicting reports that gets put in a separate category, route running is obviously one of those. So it's good to know like these are the consensus strengths, these are the consensus weaknesses, and these are the sort of debatable attributes. And again, route running seems to be that one. Um, NFL outlook comparable to big physical X receivers, potentially early to mid second round pick. Um, it did put some conflicting data down. One of those is where he could potentially go. Kyle Krabs called him a first-round pick, compared him to Jonathan Mingo. Well, he didn't call him a potential first-round pick. Um, team fit suggestions. Teams seeking a physical X receiver with strong downfield and contested catch abilities. Ideal for offenses utilizing deep crossing patterns and vertical threats. So that immediately jumps out when you look at 6'3", 227. X receiver also has serious downfield threat abilities. Isn't that exactly what Packer fans are looking for at this point in a wide receiver? Because on one hand, it's like you need that true number one, which is presumably what we're dealing with here, if the Packers did draft him. But there's also concerns about the complete inability to stretch the field when Christian Watson isn't on the field, and he hasn't been on the field a lot. So by checking two boxes at once, it seems like a pretty good fit. Couple comps that came up in these draft profiles, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, obviously these are all very big um, stocky type guys. I had AI generate a comp based on the metrics and whatnot um, by itself, and it came up with Julio Jones. It says, based on the detailed profile, an additional AI-generated comparison could be Julio Jones. Like Jones, Leggett combines uh, size, speed, and athletic ability, excelling in contested catch situations and deep threats. He also shares Jones' potential to be a game-changing receiver, particularly in the vertical passing schemes. And they are similar in size. I think uh, Julio is like seven pounds lighter, but both, I think, 6'3", 220 compared to 6'3", 227. As for uh, PFF, his, the one thing that's very notable, and he has had a, a, an explosion in his usage, um, which in and of itself is maybe concerning. Like, why has nobody ever considered throwing to you prior to this? But five years at South Carolina, his grades are 46, 59, 59, 57, 
This year, 83. So bad, below average, below average, below average, basically elite. And then my biggest concern with that is, okay, is that based on just a couple games? Because if that's the case, then I'm not interested. And not really. It's relatively consistent in that about half of his games are good. Half of his games are average with only one bad game. Um, but you got like 80, 60, 60, 80, 60, 70, 60, 40, 80, 70, 70, 60. As far as my thoughts, honestly, I'm not calling him, I'm, I'm not calling for a change of position, but to me, he's a tight end. I just mean the way that he plays, the things that I see that I like are tight end qualities. I would lean more toward the not a super huge fan of the route running. Again, that's sort of a, a conflicting thing. I wasn't massively excited. Um, the separation, though, the, the, the area in which he was able to separate really well is just physicality. He's able to act like a tight end, get inside somebody's body, push off, and get space. And then you see the downfield throws. And, I mean, he can just sky up in the air. He's got these big, strong hands, just physical receiver. So there, there's a lot to like. I, I It's not like I can't pick my jaw up off the floor kind of thing. It's definitely a traitsy, toolsy type of pick where if you can fix all the issues, he can be an incredible receiver. I also just worry about, like, sometimes you can get away with stuff in college that you can't in the pros. So it's kind of which way is it going to go. Like, if you're just out-muscling college guys, but in the pros you can't do that, then he's useless. But if he can do all this stuff in the pros, but then on top of that, continue to grow and refine, could be a good one. I'll, I'll have to continue to uh, poke around. Just going back and looking at my ranking of the top 16 receivers, I think these were like in the top 100 or close to it or whatever. Um, looks like I had Leggett sitting at eight behind Ibuka, Brian Thomas, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Keon Coleman, Malik Neighbors, and Marvin Harrison. And some of these other guys, I think, that were further down, I really, really liked but I kind of just discounted because, you know, I don't know. Anyways, on to the next. You've got Johnny Wilson. Um, I had him 15th out of 16, so I know my first look through, I wasn't entirely blown away with Johnny Wilson. But uh, Johnny Wilson listed at six foot seven, 237. I'm guessing you like the big boys. Two years at Arizona State, two years at Florida State. Definitely took a big jump from Arizona to Florida. Uh, not just statistically, but grade-wise, 64-64. Then it was 82 in this year, 75. Grades are definitely more consistent, um, but just not elite, right? So his highest graded game was a 77. He did have one at 36 against Southern Miss, but otherwise his lowest was like a 63. So between 63 and 77, pretty much every single game. Here's what the robot had to say. Johnny Wilson, a wide receiver at Florida State, has shown a remarkable trajectory since his transfer transfer from Arizona State. In the 2022 season, he broke out significantly with 43 receptions for 897 yards and five touchdowns, averaging 20.9 yards per catch, which is crazy. This performance demonstrated his big play capability, making him a notable NFL prospect. Wilson's physical attributes make him an exceptional receiving mismatch weapon. Standing six foot seven, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, he possesses a size advantage with a giant wingspan and catch radius. His ability to high point the ball combined with strong late hands and impressive body control makes him adept at sideline work and contested catches. Wilson's size and strength are not just advantageous for receptions; they also making a make him a dynamic red zone player and a reliable safety valve for a quarterback under pressure. While not an elusive runner, his size and strength enable him to effectively gain yards after the catch and break tackles. 
And it says areas of improvement, separation ability, route running, and speed. Wilson's size makes it challenging to achieve sharpness at the top of his routes, which could be an issue against uh, reactive NFL defenders. While he shows potential, there's a need for more refinement in route running and release. Wilson lacks an extra gear to pull away from defenders, raising questions about his effectiveness against faster NFL corners. Johnny Wilson is viewed as a potential early-round prospect for the 2024 NFL Draft. His unique physical attributes and ball skills make him an uh, exciting prospect, though his ability to refine other areas of his game will be crucial in determining his final draft position. Draft day expectations, it says day two prospect. Then in summary, Johnny Wilson presents a unique package as a wide receiver prospect for the 2024 NFL Draft. His combination size, man, we already read all that. Just saying the same stuff, man. You ain't fooling nobody, robot. So I understand the appeal of Johnny Wilson. Um, for reference, I'm watching the LSU game from 2023. And yes, again, he, to me, just looks like a tight end. He's 6'7", 240. He, when you see him on the field, he looks like a tight end. He runs like a tight end. He gets off press like a tight end. He catches like a tight end. He runs, it, it stumbles and falls like a tight end. Clumsy like a tight end. <laughs> I mean, y- you can see it in spurts, right? He'll be in press man coverage and he'll just shove the guy, get open on a slant route, and you can't stop it. And you look at that like, dang, that's crazy. But it, to me, it feels more gimmicky than real. Like for, for, for number one, no way in the world would I want him to be my number one. I just don't see it. I don't think he has good enough hands. There's a real bad series in this where, um, first of all, at his size, you'd expect him to dominate as a blocker, and he does not. He's not good at it. But there's a play where he's going out, and he's he like squares up like he's going to just level this guy. And so he squares up against this guy. He tries to get his hands inside, and this tiny little guy, who is half his size, gets inside of his chest and freaking pancakes Johnny Wilson, throws him on his back like he's nothing, which is incredibly embarrassing when you're that size to just get freaking dominated, which he did. Then, to make matters worse, Florida State did get a touchdown on that play, and Johnny Wilson has the freaking audacity to get up and get in the guy's face and be like, yeah, what's up, what's up, we scored a touchdown, like, bro, just tuck your tail and get out of there, bro. That's embarrassing. Then, the very next play that they're out there, he gets open, the ball hits him right in the hands, and he drops it, and then he just gets laid out. You know, there's another play where he's, like, fighting through traffic, and he trips, and he falls on his face. You know, he's, he's not super agile. He's, he's 6'7", 240. There's another play where uh, he kind of like dives for extra yardage, but unlike diving like a normal human being, because he's a big, clumsy, tight end looking guy, somehow he dives and lands face first and like his face drags on the ground. And it's like the most awkward looking thing. Like, what are you doing, dude? So, I mean, you know, it can be cool as like a, a th- an extra, I mean, like a tight end is, is the way it would be cool. His drop percentage is almost 11%. His contested catch rate is 8 of 20. He's not a very good blocker. I, I don't know if he has a ton of speed. So even as a tight end, it's like, eh, he's an undersized slow tight end. Maybe he's an undersized fast tight end. I don't know, but I just, I don't know, man. Make the guy a tight end and we can we can talk about it. But I just, I would like, if he was a Packer, who would I want him to replace? He's obviously not taking Christian's spot. Do I want him on the opposite side? No. You want like that X receiver guy. You know what I mean? Like it just, this guy's not a route runner. So it's almost like if you had Leggett, like if you have a or Tyreek Hill, we've got our X receiver who is also our speed guy. So on the other side, we're just going for mass. All right, fine. Let's take a, take a crack at Johnny Wilson, I guess. I don't know. As for Brendan Rice, 
a pretty nice progression in terms of his growth. Spent two years at Colorado, uh, two years at USC. Grades over those four years, 55, then 69, then 72, then 78. If you just even look at his yards, it went from 120 to 300 to 611 to almost 800. Touchdowns from 2 to 3 to 4 to 12. But 6'3", 210, pretty good size. Um, Decent consistency, but with more top end. Did have one bad game against Notre Dame, 51.3 grade. Um, But he had three games in the 80s, so Stanford, 81. Oregon had an 83, and then Arizona State was graded as his best game with an 88. He had nine targets, seven receptions, 133 yards, and two touchdowns in that game. 2.75 yards per route run, uh, 4.3 drop rate, contested catch uh, 3 of 12, 136.4 passer rating when targeted. Kick it over to the robot. Brennan Rice, son of Hall of Famer Jerry Rice, is a senior wide receiver at USC with notable physical attributes and promising football skills. Over his college career, Rice has shown growth and adaptation, making significant strides in his performance. 6'3", 210, expected 40 time of 4.50. Strengths, good height, weight, and speed for the wide receiver position. Displays quick feet, change of direction, agility, and balance. Effective as a blocker with effort and adjustment on the move. Good understanding of coverage and field situations. Demonstrates above average initial quickness in his routes. Effective in running patterns with body control, capable of making catches over defenders in a crowd. Shows determination as a runner after the catch. Has kick and punt return proficiency, adding value on special teams. Weaknesses. Lacks top-end speed to be a consistent deep threat. Struggles with creating separation against defenders. More effective in short and underneath routes uh, than deep plays. Inconsistent weekly production. Scheme fit, it says Rice fits best as an F receiver in a pro-style offensive scheme where his skills can be maximized in the short to intermediate routes. Not a very common terminology for a receiver, but whatever. You get the idea. Uh, Some additional information, Rice has notable family connections. Obviously, Jerry Rice, uh, brother of Quaylen Cunningham, a former Texas A&M defensive end. Um, I think that's about it that's interesting here. Game I'm going to watch is uh, UCLA. His fifth highest graded game, 11 targets, 8 receptions, 147 yards, and a touchdown. As far as my thoughts on him, I'm incredibly torn. I definitely understand sort of a mid to late round flyer appeal, um, sort of a Wicks situation. In fact, there was a moment where I kind of felt like I had a similar Wicks type moment where I'm watching him just going, this is not good. And then something happened and it was like, oh, (laughs) excuse me. And with Wicks, I just brushed it off. I was like, that's interesting, but it was just one time. I don't really care. And apparently that was the wrong reaction. (laughs) So I don't want to make that mistake with Brennan Rice. It's not the same kind of a thing. I think with Wicks, it was more, well, maybe it is similar. It's like a real crisp, sharp, bursty route running. It's, I, I don't know the fancy terms to be able to describe things that other people could probably describe in a way that makes more sense. But That's sort of the best way I can describe it. I don't want to say necessarily like exploding through your routes because that's different. I'm I'm not talking about like a post route where out of his break, he accelerates or is able to maintain speed. I'm talking about like on a curl route, he's facing one direction and then boom, he snaps back and he's facing another direction. Or on a wide receiver screen, he catches the ball and then all of a sudden is just facing the other way and running in that direction. There's, there is a real quick, like almost zero to 60. And I don't even mean speed. I just mean, because the, the, the top end speed is not really there. 
Maybe twitchiness is the best way to describe them. I don't know. I think as far as concerns, again, the speed is not there. However, again, it's not there for Wicks either. He's not a speed guy. I mean, there are some parallels here. I mean, Brendan Rice is 6'3", 210 with some real ability, but no ability to be like that elite guy. Like, he's not going to be that top guy. And even that might be slightly unfair. It's unlikely. The other concern, and, and again, it's one of those things that I feel stupid even saying because, you know, you're, you're looking at a very small sample size and making judgments, but it's just it's just kind of what's lingering in the back of my mind as I'm watching them. And that is, in a weird way, because I know some of the stuff I described as a positive might feel like what I'm describing is a very natural football player, but I don't, I, I, it's almost the opposite of that. One of my favorite characteristics of a wide receiver is somebody that makes it look easy. And I almost feel like with Brennan Rice, what I'm watching is a guy that understandably has been coached up from day one. And you're seeing a guy that is sort of at the very, 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 very top end of his abilities, which is a scary thing. And it, it's, it's understandable. I mean, he's been coached up since a little kid, so he's going to be more advanced than most people, but that's not necessarily a good thing. A lot of times you'll get guys that are raw because you know they have a lot of room to grow. These are guys that have barely done anything in high school. Now, I don't know what Brendan Rice has been doing his whole life, but anyways, all that aside, that's in the back of my mind. There were just a handful of plays, like there was one where he jumped up to try to get a pass, he mistimed it, he missed the ball, and you watch the defender behind just go up and just snag the ball out of the... The defender just had more of a natural football ability. And then Brendan Rice not only mistimed the jump, missed the ball, but just the way he fell, you know, kind of like I described the the tight ends being kind of clunky, he just, you know, there's a balance and a smoothness to a wide receiver. Again, I know it sounds silly, but you can see it. It's just it's just an inherent ability of wide receivers when they they're like cats when they land. He looked like a newborn baby giraffe. He fell, you know, tripped on his feet and fell down and just make, got made to look stupid because the, he got picked with the ball right over his head and I'm looking at it just going, you know, he doesn't seem to just have that that natural god-given ability where it just looks easy. He looks like a guy that's that's putting in 100% effort, which is a great thing. But I just don't know how much room there is left for him to grow. I don't know how much better he's going to get than than what I mean. It, it's he's already sort of seemingly exceeding his own abilities. So I'm I, again I'm torn. On one hand, I f- I could see drafting this guy, and he's just a complete bust because all the reasons I described. Right? He's not going to get any better. And if this is what he can do in college when he gets to the pros, there's no growth. He's going to get just stomped out. On the other hand, there's that Wicks attribute too, where it's like he has size. He has, certainly has intelligence. I didn't mention that, but you can absolutely see that, which is a great thing. I mean, that, that translates to a lot of different things like, you know, the, the, you know, depth to run your routes and finding the open areas and all those kinds of things. And if he ends up being a fifth round pick that just does all the right things and is just out there day one making plays, it's like, yeah, I kind of, that makes sense. So I don't know. I don't I don't really know. I'm I'm certainly intrigued by Brennan Rice, especially considering how much later he's probably going to get drafted than these other guys, at least in terms of my understanding of how this is going to fall. You know, if it's the second round and you want me to take a flyer on one of those other two guys, I'm much more hesitant. If we're in the fifth or sixth round and he's still there, I mean that is flyer territory. That's when you find guys that you look at and say, you know, potentially they could be this, that, or the other. Yeah, go for it. Sudden. I think that would be the word. Sudden. Just sitting here watching. The more I watch him, the more I like him. All right, finally, uh, Kieran Amagaji. This is how it looks like it's pronounced. Kieran, Kieran Amagaji. The phonetic pronunciation is never right, so why do I bother? 
But he is a Yale offensive tackle, six foot five, three hundred and eighteen pounds. Been three years at Yale. Um, he spent actually most of his first year at left guard, just twenty four snaps at left tackle, six sixty nine at left guard. The next two years, though, has been exclusively at left tackle. Does look like he suffered an injury in twenty twenty three. Only played weeks three, four, five, and six. However, I feel like we just talked about this guy, but anyways. Uh, 79 run blocking grade, 79 pass blocking grade. The year before, 66 run blocking, 88 pass blocking. So whether you want to take 2023 or 2022 is the more accurate. I guess you could say he's a good pass blocker who showed potentially that there was some growth in run blocking, although very small sample size, just four games. But uh, in 2022, which was his uh, only full year at left tackle, he gave up zero sacks, one hit, four hurries, five total pressures. Did have three penalties, however. Here's what the robot has to say. Kieran Amagaji, Anagata DeVita, emerging from Yale's football program, has made a notable impact over the last three years, showcasing his skills in the Ivy League. Versatile offensive lineman, Amagaji has proven his capabilities at both guard and tackle. 2023 first team, all Ivy League. 2022 all Ivy first team. And 2021, another one of those awards. Strengths, impressive size and length. Uses it effectively to keep defenders at bay. Strong anchor in pass protection and effective in run blocking. Good athleticism for his size. Capable of handling pass rushers with footwork. Solid lateral quickness and flexibility. Proficient at getting to the second level in the run game. Displays good grip strength for sustainable blocks. It's always funny going through these and being like, I don't know what's left for there to be a weakness. (laughs) It's like... All the buzzwords are all like, oh, yeah, he does the, like all the stuff. He does those good. Like all the things. Yeah, all the things. The things that you do as a tackle. The pass blocking and the run blocking and the the size and the speed and the athleticism, second level rotationalism. But anyways, here's what they said for weaknesses. Limited exposure against high-level competition. Weak. Hand usage needs refinement for more effective blocking. Tends to play with high pad level, reducing power and effectiveness. Could improve on creating more consistent separation and winning matchups. Feel like that's a wide receiver thing. (laughs) Oh, boy. Lacks elite speed, raising questions about his effectiveness on poles and in space. Scheme fit. Role, primarily as a left guard with potential to develop as a tackle. Best suited for inside zone scheme in the NFL. Projected somewhere from third to the fifth round. Actually did a mock draft position, number 98 to the San Francisco 49ers. How about that? As a comp, here's what it had to say. Based on Kieran Amagaji's profile as a versatile, sizable, and athletic offensive lineman from an Ivy League school, a suitable NFL comparison could be Ali Marpet. Marpet, who was drafted from a small program, Hobart College Division Three, also transitioned to, an NF- to the NFL with questions about his level of competition. However, blah, blah, blah. There you go. I don't, I don't, it just, that's your comp. Don't ask me questions. So for reference, the game that I am uh, currently watching, because there is no All-22 of Yale that I have, I just went straight to YouTube. And the cool thing about YouTube is um, you just, you don't type in the person's name for offensive line. You just go with the, the school. So you just Yale offensive line. And of course they have it. And I picked Morgan State, although I would have loved to pick Cornell just for obvious reasons. Andy Bernard went there. But uh, yeah, feel free to check that one out if you want to have any idea what I'm talking about. It is his highest pass blocking grade. It's his third highest of four overall grades, but 84.2 pass blocking, 71.2 run blocking grade. Very good game. Very first snap, he just freaking levels somebody, which again, kind of gets you to the whole Morgan State thing. 
level of competition, but still, just cremates a guy and then gets up to the linebacker. Now, tell you what, we're going to end on a low note here because um, I'm I'm just going to say this is, he's obviously dominant, (laughs) but I, I, you know, it's similar to a lot of other small school guys where you look at it and, and you'd have to be better at this kind of thing to be able to notice nuance. And and really, one of the only things you can notice is things like movement. But, I mean, just the ability to throw people around, bulldoze people, it's like, you know, I have no idea if he could do that to Nick Bosa, you know? Is he going to do that to Aiden Hutchinson twice a year? Just stonewall the guy? I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I mean, he's he is freaking fantastic to watch. It's understandable why so many people like him, because you can just pull him up on YouTube and just watch him dominate people all day long. But again, it's freaking Morgan State, you know. Um, I don't know like what the best team he went against as far as like defensive line. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, maybe back in 2022, one of these teams actually had a good... I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he, he looks phenomenal. I mean, just he's a monster. That's all there is to it. So I'm going to get up out of here. Nate, I really appreciate you, man. This is a good idea. This might be the last time we ever do this show, so I'm not going to put a lot into the intro or graphics or whatever. But um hope you enjoyed it. I don't know why the volume went down all of a sudden. There we go. You guys have a good rest of your day. I'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow. <laughs> have a good one. Bye-bye. The Green Bay Packers, with Lombardi's legend in the netherlands But something's wrong, the defense falls apart Joe Barry's coming to play, but it's breaking our hearts